It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Nowhere can you find a podcast out there that talks about the Carolina Panthers every single day throughout the weekday. A lot of great Panther podcasts out there, but this is the only one that gives you Carolina Panthers on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And that's what we do here across the Lockdown Podcast Network. So whatever team that you root for, you can find their podcast, but make sure to always make Lockdown Panthers your first listen, where you can check it out on YouTube, where I ask you to subscribe to the show and watch every single one of the episodes. If you don't check us out on YouTube, that's okay. Make sure to check us out on all the podcasting platforms out there, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, whichever one is out there. Rate, review, and subscribe to Locked on Panthers to check out every single episode. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. Either at me at Julian Council, DM me at Julian Council, or leave a comment on today's show, Monday's show, Wednesday's show, or Thursday's show of this week. And I'll answer your question on Friday. Just make sure to put in your real name and Friday mailbag if you make a comment here on YouTube. On today's show, former Carolina Panther, and New Orleans Saint, Roman Harper, now of the SEC Network, does a fantastic job breaking down college football. He is going to join the show. Me and Roman developed a relationship back when I was working over at WFNZ, producing for Kyle Bailey in the afternoons. We've created, we've cultivated a friendship, and he honestly does a fantastic job and has a lot of insight on the Carolina Panthers, in particular Matt Rule, and how a lot of y'all don't want to see Matt Rule here anymore. And he has some thoughts on how Panther fans have evaluated Matt Rule and whether they really should have had the kind of expectations that might have been out there the first two seasons under Matt Rule. But rest assured, year three, it is now go time, and Matt Rule needs to show something as they have the ongoing five-year plan. So we'll get his thoughts on that. His former head coach, Sean Payton, who on Monday is going to Fox Sports to be an analyst, but there's still the report that came out last Thursday. Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports stands by his reporting, despite Matt Rule being told by Panthers owner David Tepper that there's nothing to it. I promise you, Matt. You're a head coach. We believe in you. Remember the five-year plan, yada, yada, yada. So we get his thoughts on that. And Drew Brees, who in jest said on Twitter that, hey, maybe I'll play football. Maybe I'll go to the senior golf tour. Maybe I'll play on the pickleball tour. Well, that led Peter King to say that, hey, maybe Drew Brees should be a Carolina Panther. So we'll get Roman's thoughts on that. And, of course, since he does work for the SEC Network, let's get his thoughts on Matt Corral. Who you watched plenty of the last couple seasons, the Ole Miss quarterback became the third round draft pick of the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about his strengths, his weaknesses, and what the expectation should be here in Carolina and some of the history of teams in the NFL and who 
their starting quarterbacks are and what round they were taken in. So let's talk about all that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers after this quick message from our friends over at Bill Bar. Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That is what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Bill Bar. I just received my Bill Bar birthday cake puffs in the mail the other day, and I have never had anything like this before. They're available right now. And I can't promise you that they'll be there tomorrow. So get to them today at built.com. And if you haven't tried puffs, I'll let you on a little secret because that's what friends do. It's a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, every single built bar is covered in 100% built uh, chocolate, including puffs. So make sure guys to go to built.com right now and get your birthday cake puffs go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 and get 15 off your first order use promo code lock 15 for 15 off at built.com is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers. And as promised, former Carolina Panthers safety, former New Orleans Saint, Roman Harper, now on the show. Roman, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Julian Council. How are you doing, young man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's good to see you. The last time I ran into you was over at uh, Ace Number 3 in Myers Park following uh, my Tar Heels losing a national championship, which you were there to witness live as Kansas uh, took home the title. I was definitely jealous of you to be able to go down to New Orleans to watch that, even though the heartbreak that ensued for me. Hey, look, you guys should have been season done happy with when you beat Duke the last time, okay? Like, as my boy <laughs> said it at the game afterwards, looking at all these Duke fans just sulk and just be so sad. The Dukies are done, all right? Finally, and you guys put them to bed. <laughs> you guys should be happy with that. Season complete. No, like I told just with sugar on top. Like you guys didn't need that. You didn't need it. It's okay. Uh, and that's that's fine. And you guys weren't even expected to be there. So just be happy that you're a, a blue blood powerhouse basketball program that once again made it to the final four and beat Duke for the last time under Coach K. I'm not here to listen to any more Tar Hill wallowing and sulking over so much success. Not here for it. I'm not going to wallow. I'm not going to sulk. I'm very, I'm very happy about what happened and that everyone who could come back has decided to come back and play at Carolina next season. So we'll everybody see. came back, everybody <laughs> and everybody. I've been tired of hearing about all the NIL talk, how it stinks and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? North Carolina paid off for them. I'm saying, you know what? I'm not a lottery pick. I'm just going to come back and make a little money and I'm going to be okay. They're like, okay, deal. Okay, well, you also are an Alabama grad, so we know how Alabama football works, so you certainly can't talk anything about how NIL works in a team's favor because it works for Nick Saban in Alabama more than any program in college sports right now. 
I that's mean, not what I, would, I was going to say, I would beg to throw USC, the Trojans out there too. They look like they're up to whatever they're doing out there on the West Coast. Yeah, well, shocker, USC and Alabama have inherited advantages over people in college football and the same thing with North Carolina in college basketball. That's not what we're here to talk about. This is Locked on Panthers. So let's talk about the Panthers, a team that you played for for a couple seasons. Of course, it was that 2015 team that unfortunately lost in the Super Bowl. But Roman, you have your ring down there in New Orleans. You got your ring with Sean Payton and with Drew Brees, two men who have been in the news cycle over the last couple of days and being linked to potentially becoming Panthers, which I just don't understand how we've gotten to this point. As you know, Panthers head coach Matt Rule is in battle heading to his third year. There's been talks of some sort of five-year plan, which I don't know where the hell that came from, but both he and David Tepper have talked about that the last couple of weeks. A report came out last Thursday from Michael McCarthy of Front Office Sports that the Panthers are eyeing your former head coach, Sean Payton, who just recently retired, and as of today on Monday – has signed on to be an, a, a studio analyst with Fox Sports. Do you see any world where Sean Payton, if he decides to coach again, would want to come back and be the Carolina Panthers coach next season? Um, Carolina Panthers, most of the fans mostly listen to this, right? Like, Yes, yes. Okay, so I just wanted to put that out there before I have to hurt all their feelings. The answer is no, absolutely not. He's not going to come back. Not only that, but he's still in the contract with the Saints, so you're going to have to give up something. And look, it's good to be wanted. Sean loves being flirted with. He loves hearing how great he is. I know the man very well, very personal, uh, personally. And this is all, it's, it's hogwash. It's fugazi. It's baloney. It's not happening. It's something that we can kind of flood the markets of the media with and give something for Panthers fans to look forward to. But what they really should be focused on is the success of Matt Rule in his third year, where the first two years I gave him no remarks. I wasn't going to grade him or judge him based upon his first two years because I didn't think the roster was good enough to win. And you also had Drew Brees and Tom Brady in the division. I didn't expect them to beat both of those teams. And now Drew Brees is gone. Sean's gone, which I was not anticipating. Tom Brady came back. So it's a little enigma there, but you still should see some growth for the Carolina Panthers. My only knock on Matt Rule after his first two years is that he has not won games in November and December. And nobody talks about how great a playoff team was in September. So right. you have to learn how to win games when they matter the most, which is when playoff runs are started. If you win five or six of those last eight games, you're going to be in the contention to be a playoff team. That's just what rules say. And you have to get hot at the right time. And you also have to learn how to midstream adjust throughout the season. That is more teams see what you're doing. How do you continue to grow? as you see more teams and as your team grows together each season, because each team is a little bit different every year in the NFL with the amount of turnover and rosters, how are they continue to show growth and growing together? Those are the two ingredients that I've seen missing from Matt Rule's tenure. But like I said before, I'm not judging him on his first two years of record, but if I had any negative to say about it, that is it. But his third year, he's on the clock in my book. Okay, so you talk about you're not going to judge him after the first two years. 5-11, and 5-12, and 12, you bring up the record in November and December. They started off the season 3-0, and 0, then were 5-5, five and five, lost Sam Darnold, brought in Cam Newton, then lost seven straight games. So how do you evaluate him then over the last two seasons if you're not going to necessarily do it off a record? Uh, I'm literally not. It's really just really? what I said. Okay. not. It's like I, because I didn't anticipate them being good. Anticipate. I, I didn't care. I didn't put a win mark like, oh, they had to have this amount of wins. Okay. 
I thought one thing that they could have handled extremely better was that the Cam Newton situation last year, when they brought him back in, he should have stayed in rotation. They shouldn't have just started him after one game. Like he did red zone. He was not ready. He wasn't in shape and it showed. And Cam Newton is not the same player where he can just come on and carry a whole organization like he did when he was 24. It's just different. You must learn who you're playing with. And also, he's had some missteps in the media, but it's almost like he's too honest. And when you're trying to explain yourself or over-explain yourself, it's like being married. Bro, just say you're out with the boys. Like, we don't need to go into how much detail <laughs> of, like, every bar, how many drinks you had. Like, you don't need all that. You're only going to talk yourself into more questions. Just say what you need to say, get out of it, go to the next question. So hopefully he's learned all these things. And we can't, you can't talk about record without talking about the injuries. You can't have your best player be hurt. Yeah. And that's what they've had with Christian McCaffrey multiple seasons. All right. JC Horn is a good young player that missed the majority of last year after starting out well. These things have got to go in a better formation, a better, you know, in a better alignment for if Matt Rule wants to be successful. You got to have your best players playing. And if they're not available, then it's bad. Uh, you know, and, and when you buy all in and you tell us that this quarterback is going to be this, this, and that, and he's not that way, well, who does it fall on, right? So those are the type of missteps. Instead of saying, well, we're going to make it competitive. Sam has to earn it. He needs to earn the right to, to be the leader of this team. You can't just anoint him, then give him the fifth-year option, and then say when he, oh, oh man, we got to find the quarterback. I'm like, dude, you just brought one in. So these little mishaps and mistakes, and he's used to the college game. I understand that. This is not his first go around with the NFL, though. You have to be more savvy when dealing with the media, making sure that you control the message at all times on what's going on. I don't think the upstairs department has also hit a whole bunch of home runs. They've done well in the first rounds of draft picks. And then, but when it comes to acquiring roster full of talent, they haven't hit all home runs. They got to do better than that. And everybody needs to be in alignment what we're trying to get accomplished as a team, as a roster, uh, understand the O-line struggles. But you also got to understand if you bring in Sam Darnold, he's a quarterback that has dealt with trauma in his life as quarterback. Yeah. Where when you hit him in the first quarter, it's going to pay you dividends in the fourth quarter. Where if you got a guy that flashes, you hit him early in the game. And in the fourth quarter, when you got a guy that flashes in front of him, throws a hand up, he's going to be a little bit hesitant. He's going to hold the ball just a second longer before he lets it go. And the NFL, it's that fast. If you're off by that much, that's the difference. Whether it's in completion or incompletion, a tip pass, interception, all those things matter. And so you got to be understanding who you're working with. And it's more than one way to skin a cat. This is not so much to say that Sam Darnold can't play. It's yeah. more that is everything else around him in alignment to allow him to be successful. Coaches, players, everything. You already let go of the young wonder offensive coordinator who everybody loved just two and a half years ago. He's no longer there. So it's some things and some turnover that we're going to see because now, in my opinion, Matt Rule is truly on the clock. Okay, and I think a lot of fans would agree with it. I mean, going into year three, I was an advocate for Matt Rule to come back. I just don't see how you can bring in a coach into a rebuild, have all that turnover, especially on the defensive side of the ball following that 2019 season when you fire Ron Rivera with four weeks left in the season. And then after two years, bail on him, especially when the owner, David Tepper, hailed Matt Rule as being a program builder. Last time I checked, you don't build a program, you don't build a culture and organization after only two seasons. Now, two unsuccessful seasons, and there's a myriad of reasons why that has been the case, and you've laid them out there. And I think the biggest one that a lot of people 
are upset about and it has led to a lot of consternation is that quarterback. You bring up Sam Darnold. They had obviously Teddy Bridgewater the first season who had spent time in New Orleans and had success in that same system that they brought Joe Brady in to run. And now they've drafted Matt Corral. We'll get in, we'll get to him in a second, but because they have not been able to find someone to stabilize position, which is what they want to do. That's what general manager Scott Bitter has talked about this off season, Peter King, a football morning America decided to do what a lot of the media likes to do is just throw out a name and Drew just Brees. Throw, just, just throw, throw it, it out there. Throw Drew, it out there. Drew Brees, apparently, your former teammate there in New Orleans, and someone obviously all the listeners here are not a huge fan of, who's had a Hall of Fame career since retired, worked last year with NBC. Other news came out from Andrew Marshan in the New York Post that he's reportedly going to exit NBC, which then led Drew to tweet out on Sunday evening that despite speculation from the media about my future this fall i'm currently undecided i may work for nbc i may play football again i may focus on business and philanthropy i may train for the pickleball tour senior golf tour coach my kids or all the above i'll let you know which then of course you hear the football part light bulb oh my god is drew Brees gonna play football again and that leads peter king on his football morning america column on monday to say that hey the carolina panthers that's a team that could use drew Brees. Like I asked you with Sean Payton, do you see any world where Drew Brees comes out of retirement at 43 years old to play for the Carolina Panthers? And if he even comes out to play football, is he going to be effective? All right. So so the simple <laughs> answer is hell no. All right. The, the reasoning behind everything is this. All right. Let's undress this whole tweet. Okay. Please. The, the first part of it being, all right, that – as soon as I saw it, me and all my group chat buddies start making fun. We're just like, Drew is attention grabbing right now. Like, he's trying to control his own narrative. I get it. Yeah. But like, oh, all this speculation, he doesn't want negative things swirling around. Like, oh, NBC's leaving Drew. No, Drew must control the whole situation, which I understand. He deserves to be able to do that. And he doesn't want negative attention. Number one, Drew is not going back to NBC, okay? that's I know that for a fact. I know from the insider information, Drew's not going back to NBC. I also know that Drew ain't coming back playing quarterback in the NFL right now. Last time we saw him, he got like nine ribs broke. He was not throwing the ball deep down the field like everybody wants him to be more vertical and push the ball. Let younger people come in here. Drew's really just talking to try and get it off the, the negative shit eye and into the positive. I just think it's funny that I was just listening to Kyle Balin on the ride home from picking up my kids. And people are still talking about this. Like, is this real? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, man, this is no way this is even real. And it just makes absolutely no sense to me that this would even be a conversation. But once somebody writes it, like you said, it yeah. doesn't matter if it's true or not. I just want to be the first one to, to deliver the information. That's it. It doesn't matter if it's real, has anything, any legs to it. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to throw it out there because well, who doesn't like controversy? Who doesn't like they're getting clicks just because, hey, man, it's an idea to go inside the division where Drew Brees made his Hall of Fame career to go to the new hot owner who loves spending money, the richest owner, blah, blah, blah. All those <laughs> narratives you can just keep building and building off of. And I'm like, is there any validity to this? Is there any runway for this? Is this at even a thought that's going on? And I say no to all of it. Yeah, well, I didn't make a ton of sense. And honestly, if you read the tweet, it really seemed like he was speaking in jest and he wasn't actually serious. I mean, he talked about, I could play football again or go to the pickleball tour. It's like, y'all, clearly this man <laughs> is not serious about playing football. 
And if you saw like how things worked out at NBC last year, like I honestly, I just didn't think Drew was all that great. He can certainly get better at it, but we've seen guys like your former teammate, Greg Olson, step into the booth and be amazing immediately. And also it's been reported that Drew wants other opportunities and other networks like Fox or CBS have way more games week in and week out than what NBC can offer with it with Sunday night football. And then Thursday, well, I guess that's how Amazon and then with Notre Dame football. So I, I totally understand well, that. Yes. Yes. And it's also like, how much time does Drew want to spend away? It's funny how so many of us guys, we retire and we think like, oh, we're just going to chill a little bit, maybe do a little TV. Well, it takes a lot of prep work, a lot of these other things. Like Drew studying tape probably all week long, still watching just as much tape as he probably was. He's calling a Nordic game game, which is can be kind of sleepy at times. Yeah. Then he goes from there on the NBC set to having to go to Sunday night, wherever that is at, and having to be there for Sunday and all these other things. So you, And then you're also trying to keep up and watch ball then. So you're, you're not really home. And does he really want to be there? I'll also look at the NBC broadcast sometimes and it looks a little boring. So, hey, man, it's just different. It's, uh, but, you know, you got to be a right fit for everybody. Greg Olson is going to be good in the booth. Number one, he's blonde. He looks good. That's what they're <laughs> looking for. And number two, I mean, he's talented and he has a gift of gab. Greg can talk about anything. Look, I've been in the locker room with Greg. He had opinion on everything. Whether it was right or wrong, it was his opinion. And he was validated in it. So anybody that you have with that type of ability to have an opinion about all across the board, all worldly things, all matters that are, that is Greg Olson. That's why he's so good at what he does. Are we all do respect. Yeah, no, of course. And I mean, you do it also for the SEC Network. And I kind of want your insight on this too. Like, well, let me ask you this first, though, before we get to that, because you talk about the schedule. And I want you to give our listeners kind of more insight as someone who's retired, played football, and now is on TV on a weekly basis during at least football season with the SEC Network. You talk about Greg. So the report comes out the last week that Tom Brady is going to go to Fox, become the number one, make $37.5 million per year, which is just insane because I've never turned on the TV and cared who was calling the game. Like, it's nice if it's someone you like, but I'm not turning it on for that person. Like, Greg's pretty damn good. Like, are you surprised that they kind of bypassed him just to put Tom up there who, quite frankly, has never said anything interesting throughout his entire playing career? Like, at least when Greg talked to the media, you could tell that this guy could be pretty damn good. Tom's really never given us all that much. Uh, no, he's the goat. Yeah, so yeah. you get the goat pricing. And I mean, if you're going to pull him away, it's just funny because I was talking to a friend of me about this earlier that in, in Tom Brady's last episode, he talks about his father, right? Who's his real hero. And the reason why he is his hero so much is because he never missed a game. He was always there. He was always in attendance. Right. Yeah. And if Tom Brady goes and says, he's going to do this, he literally be the opposite of his own father because he won't be able to attend his kid's stuff at all. Like, there's nothing in – he's already played for 20-plus years. And then he's going to go into Fox right after he's done and be gone again. So, especially the weekends, man. The weekends are so important when it comes to this stuff. So, it'll be interesting to see. Or maybe he's just a, a you know, a private plane fly in that same day, back out that same night. So, it can be worked out. It's just interesting to see. I'm not surprised, no, because Fox is trying to hit another home run. Yeah. And this analyst stuff, these these game color commentating, the money is just going through the roof since Romo, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, all these guys are starting to do these things. And um, for me, I'm just looking at it as like, man, hashtag goals, if I ever be able to get in that game. Like, I'm not even trying to be on – I ain't trying to be in their <laughs> gated neighborhood, bro. I just want to be in the same area code or zip code where, like, 
if I'm making like, you know, a percentage, like what they're making a year, I'm cool. That's it. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to like figure out like they make all this money playing football. Like your quarterback, like Drew, Tom, you, you get all, all this- that matters. All that matters, Julian, is like position, offense, defense. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I hate I hate to bring it up, but I, I this is my opinion, but I think race matters. Yeah. And what people are used to seeing and absor- absorbing from their television sets. And they're not trying to disrupt some of those things. And look, I'm not saying that you can't be black or can't be another color, Latino, Asian, whatever. But I'm telling you, it's other things that people are used to looking at and hearing information from that they like to hear when they're watching their football. And these are great quarterbacks as well. So the market is cornered to this quarterback market because they want to hear the game from a quarterback's perspective. Really good. Uh, I think Lewis Riddick does an absolutely amazing job because he brings it from the defensive back perspective, the defensive perspective. Also, the GM or upstairs perspective on how teams are looking and building out rosters and things of that nature. So it's ways, more ways to skin a cat. But, you know, when these big people, like, they don't know who's actually good or not, they're just willing to pay them just to, so the other person doesn't get them. That's what it's coming down to, Julian. Yeah, and the, the money's out there, Rome, and you're <laughs> doing work over there with the SEC Network. And you talk about the schedule, because that's what I'm trying to understand is, like, okay, if I made all this money playing in the NFL, and I understand Tom is didn't make as much as he could have because of just the Patriot way and all that stuff up whoa, there. Whoa, 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 whoa. He married Rich, bro. I know. Giselle has – I know. I know. Giselle has all Relax. that money. But as far as his playing career, didn't make okay. as much as he actually probably is worth. Like, why do these dudes want to go out – like, why do y'all want to keep doing this? Because to take your schedule – all right, so you got to tell me what is your schedule during football season, SEC Network? Because I know you're on SEC, whatever the hell, SEC Nation, and you got to travel now. Like, just take us inside, like, these schedules. Because I just don't get how y'all can make millions doing it. Now, you might not have made as much as Tom and Drew, but still, like, how they can make that much money and then want to come back and then, like, work weekends in the fall. Like, I just don't get it. They still want to be around the game. Now, for Tom, it, I mean, it's a hot payday. For me, yeah. it was, I wasn't making, I'm not making as much as I did when I played. And that's okay because I actually enjoy what I do. And it's also, it, it's incremental levels to this too. Like I still have room to grow. I came in as one of the bottom guys that needs to continue to work, kick, scratch and claw and do what I need to do and be good at it, delivering information. And then I'll still be able to make as much as I need, like more. I don't know how much, but we'll, you know, that's to be determined, right. but still, so, you know, my schedule is, so I have a show on Tuesday, SEC Now, Tuesday nights. All right, so we, it's like a flash forward. We go back over some of the important things that happened over the weekend with SEC football, but now it's a looking ahead. What are the things we're looking ahead to? All these different topics, teams, matchups, whatever, star players, that stuff. So, and then I get to Thursday or Friday, I travel. I got my first meeting at whatever city that we're in covering the Southeastern game um, on Friday at 12 p.m. Then from there, 12, wherever we're at, Central or Eastern. Right. Then from there, all right, I got fine bomb. I got a couple SEC hits that afternoon. I'm usually done around 4.30 or so, maybe 5 at the latest. And then after that, I, Saturday I got my show, and then I can fly out after my show or I can stay for the game. And then Sunday, I'm trying to watch all the film from all the Saturday games to try and be ready to talk about whatever I need to talk about by Tuesday. So Sunday, Monday nights, I'm trying to watch a lot of games. And early in the season, 
it's tough because you got 14 different teams oh, playing yeah. 14 different opponents. So I'm trying to grind through the tape to make sure I don't miss anything that could act. Cause I can't talk about stuff that I don't see. I don't feel comfortable. I can try and sell it, but it comes off as like, I'm trying to sell it. So yeah. I'd much rather just see the, see the product and be able to talk about it in that way because game ball don't lie. Like it's still the same. And so when I see it, I know what I'm looking at. And that's what I like to lean on. And then whatever I get through Tuesday, then Wednesday, Thursday, I got a couple calls and stuff. And, but I'm really just preparing to have, be ready for, you know, I mean, you got to be ready to go because it's live TV. I got a couple guys on my set that are living to say, literally may say anything. I know we got a rundown of what we're going to go with, but if somebody goes on a tangent, you got to be able to remix and go. You can't just be like, well, that's not what we said. You know, it's, it's what it is. So, and my show, we like mess ups. We like stuff kind of like out of the ordinary because it makes good for TV. It's funny. Yeah. You, you can't plan for it. Like we had a direction, but something gets thrown out. Uh, I got a coaching tape or anything. So all those things like that, uh, it's usually, that's what, that's my schedule. And so uh, it's not like I'm not working, but I'm, I'm usually working a few hours every day, even at night. Um, throughout my whole uh weekly uh product or getting ready for the show prep yeah i mean you always got to be plugged in that's one of the things about it too like you can't i don't really feel like you can obviously during football season you can't have any kind of vacation but even sounds like like a wednesday you're still kind of plugged in on what's going on with sec football so i don't know i, I was always curious about that because I, I know it's not just a joke because you people look at it and think oh well, they're just gonna call the games on the weekends like i mean no. it's not it's not like that and at least for you Fortunately, like you live here in Charlotte where the SEC network is. So it's not like you're like Chris Doring or some of the other guys right. who, are, who have to fly in from wherever they live and then have to then go fly back. And maybe they're on the weekends or they got to fly back in a week and do studio work. Like you're already here. And then, okay, the only time you have to really travel is whatever SEC school that might be. And that's, you know, quick plane ride is nothing's too far away. Now, Julian, I will say this because I got one of my good friends, John Vilma. He said one thing that's kind of helped him as he's now transitioned to calling games. He's like, the prep work actually is a little bit easier because I'm only studying two teams. Yeah. Versus like, for me, SEC is like, dude, you got 14 teams. And you, you got to know players, coaches, you know, things going on, tendencies, all those things versus like two. And when you're just doing the South reason in the NFC South, or you're just doing, you know, the third or fourth game versus the, the primetime game week in, week out, you kind of get in a rhythm. And so it is give and take. But everybody that thinks you just get to show up and just roll out of bed, it doesn't work that way. And it stinks. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's still a highly competitive area and arena. So many former athletes now are trying to do more and more of this. So you, you got to stay on your P's and Q's. And it's not so much about I'm not trying to keep up with John Vilma or Greg Olson or people in front of me. It's the ones behind you that you got to be aware of because those are the ones that will pass you by. Yeah, and it's important background because as we talk about Sean and Drew and their links to Carolina and like they have the TV careers going on, it's just important for people to understand, you know, when we talk about them, just understand like the job that they're out there doing. And I appreciate you giving that background. Now, because you spent time at the SEC Network the last couple years doing a great job, by the way. You know, I, I love you. But still, I, I think I do believe you do a great job. So I love watching you. You do, you do love, but you love giving me a hard time. Everybody, I do. Everybody take that. That is not, Julian just doesn't like give Roman government. This is like, 
It's very few and far in between. Very few. Oh, anyone who knows me personally knows I just don't like sit out here and just give praise all willy nilly. And folks who watch the show, she know that as well. Like I try to be fair. Like I'm not just gonna go out here and say, "Oh, you do great." If I don't really believe it, like I do think you're fantastic. Because there's a lot of people out there like Drew Brees who I don't think are very good at TV and honestly get off my screen. But you're not one of those folks. So because you've been at the SEC now for the last couple of years, you've gotten to check out New Carolina Panthers quarterback Matt Corral, who. Folks, mm-hmm. some of them are already dubbing as the franchise. who's going to be a Hall of Famer, all that kind of stuff, which I, I tell people, calm down. Third round pick. We've seen yep. the history. Typically, those guys don't turn out to be franchise guys. Now, Russell's done it as a third rounder. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl as an MVP against Tom Brady. It's a third rounder. Dak was a fourth rounder. He's turned into a very good quarterback. So it's not out of the realm of possibility yep. that Matt Crow becomes that. But I asked you about this a couple weeks ago. Just give me and all the listeners out there your breakdown of Matt Corral and how you see him transitioning to the NFL. So this is crazy. So I was literally talking to my friend about one of my best friends the other day about this, Julian, last week. And we went through the whole NFL, like all 32 teams. Yeah. And they all have first round quarterbacks. Like there's not like, it's not, it's an, it's more of an anomaly to have a starting quarterback not drafted in the first round than it is to have one that's like, oh, man, somebody in the third round. So I, I say that to say, okay. So you could, with 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 Matt Corral, all right, you, the high is Russell Wilson, right? That's the high. Yeah. Then you got the next tier of third-round quarterbacks, which is Kirk Cousins. Didn't even realize that. Third-round pick to Washington Reds, uh, Redskins at the time, now Commanders. Then you also got Will Greer, who just was drafted in the third round by the Carolina Panthers just a couple years ago. So that's the low. And not not banging on Will, but that's how it is. Like, this is yeah. what happens with third-round quarterbacks. Not only that, but as I talked to other NFL scout friends of mine, they were like, when, we, when they're drafted that low, not, low, not saying low, they don't, they're not projected as like a day-one starter, that they're a project, that they're not clean. Like, they need some work in some areas. And as I've watched Matt Corral grow, I would agree with that statement by saying he does need time to grow. And it's not so much to say that he doesn't have talent. Let me tell you, let's start with the talent. Okay. He throws a very catchable football. That's going to jump out on tape to you immediately. Wide receivers are not going to drop his ball. It's not too hard. It's, in, it's perfect placement 85% of the ball time. He throws with great anticipation and calculation and timing he knows if a if a slant route's coming he knows how to throw it into the second window without outside linebackers running to the flat to try and steal it so he's not going to hit him in that first window but the second window another great thrower of that was brett Favre. he threw it a lot harder but because matt Corral throws a great anticipation and accuracy he hits that second window like it's going out of style all the time all right he's a great reader of the defense he has great charisma he's a I love his swag when he's out there playing. He, I don't like the fact that he tried to be too tough all the time trying to run people over, but that's what he had to do to try and help his team win last year. Yeah. He needs to not do that in the next level. His weaknesses, all right, is going to be consistent arm strength. You have to be able to deliver that eight, that 18, that 20-yard, 18-yard, back to 15-yard comeback on the outside when you need it the most. That's why Tom Brady can still sit back in the quarterback because he still can drive it outside with high velocity and accuracy and timing you got to be able to do that he has to be able to do that i don't talk i'm not talking about a back shoulder phase 
but a comeback on tight man-to-man coverage. You got to be able to complete that pass. Every quarterback does. So that's number one. His other thing is the offense that he ran in college looks nothing like any offenses he's going to be running in the NFL. That's another thing. All right, we got a lot of RPOs. Yes, RPOs are coming into the league, but offensive lining can't be downfield. Pass in the league does not look like pass in college. It's not the same. So he must learn to be good and accurate and all these other things in the NFL first. So that is why he slipped. That's why he's in the third round. He is a project. Does he have a good upside? Yes. I heard some other things talking about, you know, he got into a fight with Wayne Gretzky's nephew, son, whatever, way back in the day. He had some other thing off the field issues. But you didn't hear about any of that stuff at Ole Miss. He was never a cancer. He was never a problem. All his teammates did was talk about how great he was, how good of a leader he was, and how much growth and maturity he showed in those years on campus. So that's all I'm going forward with. I don't expect him to get in any trouble or anything like that. But he must learn how to be a pro quarterback and learn how to throw in windows. Things go a lot faster. And you don't want to throw him to the wolves because then you will have two traumatic quarterbacks in that room right now. And that is with Sam Darnold and Matt Corral getting hit too early or having too many bad things happen to him. Because no matter what you say, you know, that first impression never leaves. And I can never get over the fact that I remember when Sam Darnold said, I'm seeing ghosts when they were playing New England Patriots. Like that never goes away. No. It never goes away. So you, you got to be able to get through those things. And you don't, want, you don't want to try and like throw Matt out there and he ends up like Sam when you already have Sam. Let him play through it. Let him see what he can be with a better offensive line and a healthy offensive you know, mindset, everybody going in the same direction, and hopefully a health, healthy Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, I sit here, and I'm probably in the minority of I was totally fine with Sam coming back this year. I, I don't too. I don't think very highly of him out of what I've seen over the last four years, but I've heard the excuses, and you brought him up through reasons. Like, let's see. Better offensive line. They've certainly invested in it. Hopefully Christian can stay healthy. He was the number three overall pick. So coming into this league, uh, NFL evaluators valued him far higher than they valued Matt Corral. So let's see what this guy can do this upcoming season. And then if he plays the way he's played, he will not be here next year. And hopefully Matt Corral will be ready to go next season, even though I've already seen the way too early mock drafts there on ESPN.com <laughs> talking about a few SEC quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson at Florida, Will Levis at Kentucky, and Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner at Alabama. I, as being I don't even here. see I don't even see the hype in Anthony Richardson, bro. Thank I you. I don't get all. it. I like, yeah, he's a great athlete. Big arm, but if you watched him play, like I had some guy be like, oh, the only game he wants to watch was the George games. Like, no, I watched plenty of Florida last year, and I did not see how Anthony Richardson, off of what we saw last year, would be projected as a top 10 pick in the NFL in 2023. I'm telling you, there's no way. Like, I I saw them, and I got an argument with people on my set that were like, he needs to play, blah, blah. I said, I would, I would love to go up against Anthony Richardson defensively. I would play zero coverage yeah. and dare him to beat me. I would dare him to. If he could do it, you earned it. But no, there's no way. He's not ready. He needs another year. Will Levis, he's got big arm talent. I liked him in his pro-style offense that they ran last year under Cohen. He really helped him out coming in from the Rams. So their offense looked different. It was a little pro-style looking. A lot of play action, taking shots. He has a big arm. He turns the ball over way too much, though. He must get that under control. That's another thing that I liked about Matt Corral. Turn the ball over, 11 interceptions, 12 interceptions. 
to his junior year, said, yeah. you know what, that's the one thing I want to improve on is not turning the football over. And you know what he did? He didn't turn the football over. So somebody got better after that. So if Will Levis can continue to get better, I will appreciate that when at least listen to that because he has talent. But it's also like, I mean, he left Penn State because he couldn't play. He couldn't so, beat out Sean Clifford. That, that, that's what, so it, like Malik it, Willis gotta, couldn't beat out Bo Nix, man. What are we talking about? It, it, it's, it's a lot of things <laughs> out there. You can't just fall for the hype. Now, the other one, Bryce Young, not trying to be a homer, but that kid's legit. So <laughs> it's a little different. All right. Now, I would listen to you talk about a Stroud from yeah. Ohio State. Okay. Like, I'm listening now. The other ones, I'm like, those are some reaches. That's I'm, that's all I'm saying right now. Okay. Yeah, I and mean, it's the funny thing, too, like the dude who left that comment is like, you must always shoot a Georgia game. It's like, didn't like the entire Georgia defense <laughs> just get drafted? Like, so that's the that's the game that you look at. Like, Kenny Pickett, the Clemson game is a game where scouts looked at. I was like, wow, he was really good against Clemson. Maybe he can play in our league. Anthony Richardson stunk against Georgia. Maybe he's not ready to play the league. I don't know. Just looking at one of the greatest college defenses in the last 20 years. So maybe, maybe that's the game that you'd look at and think, hmm, is that guy ready for the NFL? I'd probably say after last year, no. Now we'll see what this upcoming, excuse me, season looks like. But uh, those are that's the That's what they all do. Yeah. All NFL scouts, they don't go through every game. They're like, no, who's the good on good competition? Who's right. good on good? That's what I'm going to watch. I don't care to watch about them versus Central Arkansas. No disrespect to Central Arkansas. No, but I just had to think of a name. But, I mean, full disrespect. I go to North Alabama, all right? We're not going there. I go to my home state. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Roman, I appreciate you, man, as always, for uh, your insight and for keeping it honest, seriously. because I, 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 <laughs> Don't lie to these I'm people. I'm so honest. I do. I try not to. That's why I, I hate to say it. I even brought up race. I'm like, bro, it's real out here. Don't lie to these people. Y'all, okay, y'all make sure, if you're not already, I'm sure you are. Follow him on Twitter, at Harp41. Former Carolina Panther. He's really Instagram, too. I'm more active on Instagram, Harp underscore 41, but it's all the same. Okay, Thank Instagram, you. too. He, he's a former Panther, but he is really a saint. Uh, might live in Charlotte, but he still has his home in New Orleans, so don't forget where his heart really lies. And an Alabama homer. You can check him out on the SEC Network throughout football season. All right, we'll take a quick pause here and wrap things up on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Blind door often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand or warehouse happens to carry. You have computers of access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box and we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Conversation there with Roman Harper, the former Carolina Panther, played there on the 7-8-1 team back in 2014, and of course, 15-1 and team that uh, broke all of our hearts and lost in the Super Bowl to the Denver Broncos. Mike Rimmer single-handedly losing that game for the Carolina Panthers, so make sure to follow him on Twitter at Harp41 or on Instagram where he says he's far more active at Harp underscore 41. Not, I'm kind of surprised someone took Harp 41 there on Instagram. Either way, does a great job covering the SEC for the SEC Network and has thoughts on, of course, Matt Krause just heard and the quarterbacks that have been linked to Carolina next year in the way too early mock drafts from his colleagues, Mel Kiper Jr. and Todd McShay there on ESPN.com. So go check him out as he does a great job. And of course, stays plugged in with his former team here in Carolina as he lives in the Charlotte area and his former team, the New Orleans saints down there part of the nfc south carolina panthers rival that's going to wrap it up here on this edition of the locked on panthers podcast again make sure to watch every show here on youtube if you don't check us out on youtube that's all right we are on all the podcasting platforms out there apple podcast spotify google podcast odyssey stitcher make sure to rate review and subscribe there and be sure to follow me on twitter at julian council where every single friday answer your weekly friday mailbag questions either at me at julian council dm me at julian council or leave a comment on today's show yesterday's show wednesday's Thursday show and just put in your name and Friday mailbag there in the comments on YouTube and I will get to your questions this upcoming Friday in the meantime y'all stay safe and also be cool it's gonna be like in the 90s here in Charlotte so it's gonna be very hot drink enough water put on sunscreen don't get burned stay cool inside but as always keep pounding and I'll talk to y'all on Wednesday where by the way not on Wednesday but Thursday be talking to Joe Person of The Athletic. So two guests this week here on Locked on Panthers as the Carolina Panthers continue their offseason program here in Charlotte. But again, take care, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.